0: An expected but unfortunate benchmark in North Carolina today in the effort to fight coronavirus. Our first case of community spread has been identified. Good evening and thank you for joining us for Facts Not Fear. I'm Gerald Owens.
1: And I'm Deborah Morgan. Today, state health officials shifted their response from the containment phase to the mitigation phase. This comes after diagnosing a patient in Wilson County who had not traveled to a hotspot or been in contact with someone who already has the virus.
0: Our Julian Grace is in Wilson County. He will have more on the reaction there coming up in a few minutes.
1: I will also be sitting down with State Superintendent Mark Johnson to discuss the impact COVID 19 is having on schools in North Carolina.
0: We have plenty to get to in this half hour. We want to start with Mark Boyle in the
2: Live Center with a new report about how this pandemic could affect our local economy. Mark? Gerald, I also want to mention something that just posted here on CNBC's Twitter about 15 minutes ago. California now estimating 56% of that state we will get the virus in the next eight weeks. That's very alarming. This is the Visit Raleigh information that we're getting here late this afternoon in terms of cancellations. 100 conventions, meetings, sporting events canceled. 50,000 people now because of this are no longer coming to Wake County. $36 million will be lost in economic impact. We spoke with the CEO of Visit Raleigh. He does not paint a very good picture of what's to come.
0: Many of our larger hotels are lucky to have
2: 15 rooms occupied in one night. Are they in fear of closing down soon? Have they told you that? Oh, yes. Uh, Obviously, we have many of our restaurants, number one, that
0: are very scared that they're obviously closed, but many of them are worried that they'll ever be in, in a position to reopen. Our hotels are starting to have those same conversations.
2: Visit Raleigh says they will put out new numbers every two weeks unless something bigger happens. they will certainly send that information out, but uh, we will keep an eye on this. Back to you. That
0: is stunning. Mark, thank you. A Wake County resident who attended the Millennium Tour at PNC Arena tested positive for the virus. That show was last Friday, March 13th. If you attended the show or you worked the show and you believe you were affected, call this number. It's a special hotline, 919-857-9375. The person who has an, is infected with coronavirus was sitting in Section 5 on the floor, but we're told that that person moved about the crowd and may have come in contact with many more people. As we told you at the top of this hour, the state reported its first case of community spread. A person in Wilson County contracted the virus from an unknown source.
1: WRL's Julian Grace is there tonight with more on how the community is reacting to all of this.
0: In some cases, the people here in Wilson, they simply want to know more about the person infected. We don't have those details, but what we did try to do is find out how residents in this community, how they're reacting to the news. Here's video that we shot earlier today. When we drove into town, we didn't spot a lot of activity, but we did see people going in and out of the Target and also the Walmart here. We did find mixed reaction from residents in Wilson after they learned the town is the first in the state to have community transmission of the coronavirus.
2: It's a little worrisome, but I mean, you know, I think the people of Wilson are pretty smart and they know what to do and how to keep things away and keep things contained if somebody does have something. And I think they're doing a pretty good job because we haven't had a problem like this before. I'm not because if you take necessary precautions, you know, wash your hands, don't touch your face. I mean, I think you'll be fine.
0: We have more residents who have plenty to say. You will hear from them later tonight at 10 and 11. Julian Grace, WRAL News, Wilson
1: the health concerns, the economic concerns, and the academic concerns. Today, Governor Cooper said schools will stay closed indefinitely. We know a lot of you have questions, and here to answer them is North Carolina State Superintendent Mark Johnson. Mark, thank you so much for joining us and thank coming in. Thank you for in. having
3: me. Thank you all for being on the air with these Facts.
1: That's why we're here. Absolutely. To be able to spread information to people and help hopefully calm the situation down. Mm -hmm. You came in and you said, boy, we've been out of school four days, but it feels more like four months.
3: Truly, truly. And uh, that is not just for our staff at the North Carolina Education Agency. It's not just for the folks at the Emergency Operations Center. Uh, That's for parents. That's for families. That's for teachers. And it is truly daunting to think that this is not just going to be one week. This is not just gonna be two weeks. This will be a multi-week, maybe multi-month event, and we've all gotta start getting ready for a new normal that we're gonna to have to accept while we wait this thing out.
1: We are hearing from teachers, and one of the questions that I wanted to ask you comes directly from teachers in Wake County and Chapel mm-hmm. hill Carrboro City Schools. They're worried about their income, so are staff people. So what are we looking at as far as how they will be paid over the coming months?
3: Two things to remember. One, the governor and I came out on Saturday and teachers will be paid. There is teacher work days going on right now, so teachers can get ready for remote learning. That will come soon. Teachers are getting paid for this time. Also importantly, we're gonna get through this just like we get through hurricanes. And after we get through and we respond and we recover, we work with our partners in the General Assembly to assess what the financial needs and and, and ramifications were and we address those on the back end as well. So there are two things that go on. One, we're making sure teachers and hourly staff have opportunities to work and to get paid. But if if that stops, we also come back later and we, we fill their coffers using the General Assembly's funds.
1: You talked about remote learning. Obviously, some parts of the states are better equipped to be able mm. to do this than others. So how are you making sure that students all across the state are able to get the education that they Need.
3: Need This is uh, one of the biggest challenges we're facing right now because North Carolina is actually farther ahead than a lot of other states when it comes to remote learning, but we still were not at a place where you could flip a switch overnight and have remote learning all over the state. We know that there are, especially in our rural counties, mm-hmm. students who don't have access to high-speed internet at home. We are looking at partnerships with cable companies to get those connections and to provide that service for free. We are also looking at new technology such as hotspots where people can use that little device that picks up the cell phone signal and projects wireless internet. So we're looking again, those to students. And we also have some tools uh, like the new reading diagnostic iStation that can actually be used on smartphones. And fortunately, even for people in rural North Carolina who might not have high speed internet access, a lot still might have a smartphone now and so those are those are all of the above options that we need to look at to get this information to students. What about
1: homeschooling as well do you have parents who maybe can start teaching their kids?
3: Absolutely and that's actually something I've been telling any parent I can that I, I see in my neighborhood or are that calls and asks I'm a parent as well I have a seven-year-old daughter a first grader at home I cannot encourage parents enough, start a routine. Start a schedule now. Don't treat this like a snow day or a spring break and just wait for the remote learning to come. Go investigate tools like Khan Academy, K-H-A-N Academy. It's an entire online course that walks students through all the curriculum, all kinds of grade levels. My wife and I, we do our normal routine. We get up just like we're going to school. you know, my little daughter gets ready, and then she goes and does her online learning. And then importantly, she reads books. And then she has writing time where she can write stories or letters to her friend. We treat it like a routine scheduled school day.
1: What about testing? How is that gonna work now for the rest of the school year?
3: I, I am already uh, going to ask tomorrow for the federal government to waive our accountability requirements. Uh, we know that even if we come back at the end of May, Or even if we come back in beginning uh, of May or end of April, even if at the best case scenario that's when we come back, we're going to have such a learning gap that it would not be fair to teachers or students to hold anyone accountable for anything that would happen this year. So I hope we get back in May and maybe we can just do some check-ins to see where students are, but none of that will count against a teacher or against a student or against a family.
1: Well, and this has to be a situation that schools are dealing with across the country. So Mm -hmm. it's not like the federal government uh, has to just look at Wake County or just the state of North Carolina and say, we need to make an exception for you. This has to be pretty broad that they're gonna be making these exceptions.
3: Absolutely, and we actually have a call tomorrow with the U.S. Department of Ed to discuss just that. They're getting all the states together to talk about the flexibilities they're gonna give and that we are demanding.
1: Mark, I know this has to be very stressful for you. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how we have never been through a situation like this. How are you able to handle questions from parents and from teachers who are so stressed out during this time?
3: One is we're going to get through this. Well, you know, we, we have never been through anything quite like this, but as a nation, we've been through some very difficult times and what is so encouraging that I remind educators and parents, the, the, the partisan bickering has been put aside. Isn't that nice uh, it, it is it is when when the worst is thrown at us we overcome by showing our best and i am a republican elected state superintendent i am working hand in hand with the uh, governor's office and his team and him on what steps we need to take and uh, not hand in hand we're socially distancing but gotcha. we are we are we are making sure that we are working closely together and we are in sync on all these decisions
1: great message for everyone to hear Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming in, and good luck as you battle through these difficult times. Coming up on coronavirus facts, not fear, Washington Response to North Carolina's call for help. David Crabtree has a conversation with Senator Tillis just ahead. We are also providing daily podcast updates. Just search coronavirus North Carolina News Brief wherever you get your podcasts. Five-minute episodes are uploaded every day, with the focus being the North Carolina impact, the stories we air every day, and ways you can help. And as we go to break, a live look from the American Tobacco Campus in Durham. It's hard to see right now, but the lights are on. Why we're lighting the towers for our community, coming up.
2: Welcome back in the live center right now. I'm Mark Boyle. Brand new information from Durham County in terms of the number of COVID-19 cases just now announcing eight additional residents bringing the total in Durham County up to 35. Also, uh, just getting this email from Harnett County, they now can confirm they have six cases of the coronavirus. Back to you.
4: Mark, thank you. Well, wow, that puts the uh, state total up much higher as well. Our lawmakers are working around the clock, particularly in Washington, and for the most part, they're working together, something we haven't seen that often in the past few years. But from getting paychecks to helping small businesses to how DC is dealing with the outbreak, Senator Tom Tillis spoke with us at length about all of that this afternoon. Now, we normally would have done this as a two-shot conversation via satellite. However, due to safety precautions we're taking with our crew members and photojournalist here at WREL, we had to do this a bit differently. Here's the conversation.
5: All right, let's talk about the stimulus package. When will we see the immediate impact of this?
6: Well, the, the hope is to see it very quickly. That's why we're trying to figure out ways to get direct assistance to people who may be furloughed or out of work because they have to take care of their children or a loved one who. Uh, may be ill. So the expectation now is to stay here through the weekend as long as it takes to get a bill passed out so that it can be implemented in early April.
5: And what have we seen come out so far, Senator?
6: Well, this afternoon we'll be seeing a baseline bill that uh, focuses on tax uh, payments, relief to small businesses who are are rightfully concerned with the bill we passed out yesterday in terms of providing. The first thing was to provide uh, a sense of comfort and support for individuals. Now what we're doing is passing a measure that will give the businesses the time that they need to manage cash flow and make sure that as we win our battle against the virus that those jobs uh, will be available to those who want to come back to work and so many of them want to be at work.
5: Someone stopped me on the street today and said when will I see my check?
6: The goal right now is to get that out the first week of April.
5: First week of April and the amount on that check will be?
6: It's ranging. It's going to be uh, means tested so that uh, We'll have uh, those at very low income. Uh, They will get a a certain amount, a base amount, and then it will move up to a cap uh, that would probably be somewhere in the range of $75,000 and then graduate it downward after that up to probably something around $95,000 for a household.
5: Uh, Senator, we've had at least two reports of uh, members of the House testing positive What are you doing in the Senate, in your office, to keep your distance?
6: Well, first off, we implemented a workplace policy very similar to what many businesses do that can allow for a mobile workforce. Half of my staff are working from home and uh, will be in that capacity for 14 days. And then we will swap out and have the staff that's here in the office where I was just answering some phone calls myself in the front office. I have staff answering phone calls and working on the legislative matters that we have. And I have a number of staff who are reaching out to state agencies back in North Carolina, working with agencies up here at the federal level to try and uh, just make sure that we're continuing to operate. And I think in some respects, I have to thank my staff because they're working a lot longer days, and they'll work seven days a week as necessary to make sure we're providing the constituent service we need. We're also getting a lot of constituent requests uh, people who are traveling abroad who are trying to get back into the country, and we've opened up several dozen cases trying to help people safely transit back into the United States.
5: How do they get home? You know, I was supposed to have been in Israel two weeks ago, and had I gone, I would have been quarantined. And I thought last night, how in
6: the world would I have gotten home? Well, uh, David, you'd probably call my office or Senator Burr's or your congressional member, and we'd open up a case. we contact the State Department. We work with the consulate and the uh, the country that uh, you happen to find yourself in. But you raise a very, very important point. We're processing passport requests in our office even this week. But we're, we're trying to caution anyone who has the option of staying in the United States to please do so. Let us be able to focus on the, uh, the health of the nation, the, the, uh, the work that we're trying to do here. If you can avoid travel for the next several weeks, please do so.
5: Uh, Senator, one last thing. We have seen again this week, we saw it particularly with the Small Business Administration approving Uh, the request from north carolina for the emergency declaration when the government needs to act and wants to act it can find a way to act
6: well that's exactly right and i I should have started by saying i appreciate the work that governor cooper is doing you know we're learning as we go Um, i don't think that anyone at the federal or state or local level should be criticized for changing a policy the day after tomorrow. Uh, because we're learning about this, and we're trying to fight this virus on every field of play. And that requires a lot of patience, but it also requires a lot of cooperation from the general public. And I should also say, David, we need to encourage anyone who thinks they're ill, please do not go to an urgent care facility or, or to a hospital. Call your doctor or call your local health department and let them advise you on the safest way First, to determine whether or not you have the virus or, or maybe you have a flu, uh, but then the safest way to be tested to prevent you from exposing yourself or exposing others. We also need to make sure that healthy people who can go to work do. We need food, we need transportation, we need healthcare workers showing up and trying to do the best that they can, not to get the virus, but the best thing that, the, that we can do. In North Carolina is to make sure that grocery stores are open. Buy what you need. Don't buy what you don't don't buy three months supplies. Make sure that it's available for your neighbors and seniors and at-risk populations so that together we'll we'll win this. We're go- it's a matter of the length of time and through cooperation and understanding that everyone has a role to play. Government does, but every single person who can chip in and help their neighbor, now's the time to do it.
5: Senator, when's the last time you saw the president?
6: Um, I spoke with him last night. Uh, he and I have probably not seen each other for about a week. It was a week ago on uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. But I spoke with him last night about some very important matters that are uh, that we're hearing from businesses, particularly small businesses, restaurants, hotels. And I tell you, as busy as he is, I called him And within about 45 minutes, I got a call back. And I know that he's contacting other members. He's taking all ideas and trying to put them on the table. All options are on the table.
5: Senator Tom Tillis, we are so appreciative of your time. Thank you, my friend.
6: Thank you, David.
4: Still ahead tonight, the special moments from this mayhem. And we'll be right back.
1: Now, a sweet moment to share with you tonight from two communities in our area coming together. The staff took the students from MC's Kids Learning Center in South Hill, Virginia, to visit their neighbors at the Pine View Assisted Living Facility.
4: Oh, look at them blowing (laughs) kisses and waving from outside. Oh, look at that. We've seen stories like this play out all across the country.
1: Oh, mm. and it was such a beautiful day to get outside and do such a thing, too. That's just beautiful. Well, here at WRL, we are spreading facts, not fear, And part of that promise is also spreading a bit of cheer when we need it the most.
4: So we're going to break tradition here at WRL and Capital Broadcasting tonight by lighting towers to honor our local health care workers and really everyone in the community. Within the past hour, we flipped the switch at the American Tobacco Campus, Rocky Mountain Mills, and at the DBAP
1: we're also dusting off the switch for our tower here at WRL off Western Boulevard. Gerald Owens is outside along alongside photojournalist Ed Wilson. Gerald?
0: Yeah, Deborah and David, you all know this is normally a big celebration with local groups singing Christmas carols and whatnot. This time it takes on a more somber tone. Of course, we're honoring those healthcare care workers, truck drivers, local businesses, all the heroes on the front line of this fight against coronavirus. Go ahead and throw the switch. I hope you can see it. It's earlier. I mean, it's early in the night. Yeah, I can see it down here on the ground. I hope the camera can catch it. Uh, 3,000 lights on our 300-foot tower. Uh, this is the 62nd year for this, albeit eight months earlier than we normally see it. Uh, These lights will be lit for the next week, along with the towers at Rocky Mount Mills, the American Tobacco Campus in Durham, and then the Diamond at the DBAP. And talking about those medical professionals, they're dealing with shortages of hospital beds, the personal protective equipment they need to keep themselves safe, the masks that they wear, those N95 masks that protect them against viral transmission of this virus. In many cases, they're asked to make their own masks or adjust the masks that they have just so they can get through their day. So once the testing picks up, they expect an onslaught of patients. They're going to need the public's help. And this tower and the other towers that we have are reminders of that for the public for the next week. Deb, David?
4: Uh, It's wonderful. And by the way, we're unable to see our photographers very often anymore. Please tell Ed Wilson, Deb, and I said hello and we miss him and we'll get through this. Gerald and Ed, thank you.
1: NBC News will air a live primetime special tonight anchored by Lester Holt. The one-hour broadcast will include expert analysis and health advice from NBC's coronavirus crisis team. You can watch the coronavirus pandemic special tonight at 10 p.m. right here on WRAL. And our local coverage continues tonight at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL.
4: Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Have a wonderful night.